following podcast is a production of the network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Welcome to the Herd and Ten podcast. Here's your host, Jake Fratinsky. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Herd and Ten podcast. I'm your host, Jake Fratinsky. As you know, you can find me on Twitter at jfortinskynfl. You can also check out any of our dedicated social media accounts. Just search Herd and 10 or Herd and 10 podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're posting content there every single day. So if you want that complete, wholesome Buffalo Bills insights, check out those pages. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please Hit the five stars. Give us a five-star rating. It will help boost our listenership numbers. We are so appreciative. I am so appreciative of all the people that have been spending every single week listening to every episode. So let's get right into this episode. So I have a few things I want to talk about, and then we'll take a break, and then we're going to have Robin Mundy on. Now, Robin, just to give you some background has had her own podcast before under Buffalo Rumblings, which is part of SB Nation. She also writes and edits for Buffalo Fanbase or Bills Mafia and Trainwreck Sports. So she's in and around this kind of stuff all the time. She's a huge Bills fan, very dedicated to the team. So it's a nice person to have a chat with. I've had her on previously, which is why I brought her on again, because... She just has so much to offer. She has so many insightful takes. So I think you'll appreciate the second half of this episode as well. So don't just leave when I'm done. Stick around for that second part of the episode. So to start, I want to note a couple things. Firstly, Greg Rousseau, the Bills' first round draft pick, has just signed his four-year contract with the Bills. No surprise there. We knew he was going to sign, but nice to know he's locked in. The six foot six player who's roughly 266 pounds just signed, and I think he could be a great player. I talk about it a little bit later with Robin. She really thinks he's going to be a huge impact player either this year or next year, and I would say I probably agree with that. I think there's some development there, so I think it's possible it could take longer than that. But my hope is that he makes some sort of positive impact this season. Next thing. CBS Sports gave some predictions on players they thought were going to perform really well this season. And one of them is Tremaine Edmonds. They actually tagged him to win Defensive Player of the Year. That is a really, really hot take. That is one of the hottest takes I have heard this offseason. As you know by now, and if you don't, if you're new to the show, I'm not a huge Tremaine Edmonds supporter. It's not that I don't think he could be good. I just don't think we've really seen anything from him, to me, at this point in time, 
that shows that he can be anywhere near the level that he would need to be to win Defensive Player of the Year. I just think it's ludicrous. I honestly think it's a little bit of clickbait because I clicked it immediately when I saw this article. I was shocked. I get it. Edmonds is really young. He's still developing, and he may become a very good linebacker. But is he going to become the best defensive player in the entire NFL? I highly doubt it. I think it's extremely unlikely. I think it's likely that he's going to be better than he's been. I think he shows a lot. I think he has potential. And when I say shows a lot, because he's had moments where he shows that he can be an elite linebacker and that he can lead this defense. But he has not done it regularly, even though he's made the Pro Bowl twice in three years. And you might all jump on me. It's not everything making the Pro Bowl. And if you watch him, he just hasn't been that stellar. And I talked about this again later on with Robin Mundy. But just wanted to flag it because I thought it was kind of crazy that CBS Sports flagged him as a potential winner of the Defensive Player of the Year. I just don't see it happening. They talked about that they think he's going to break out in a massive way. And that they think it's going to come from the defense changing a bit. They think bringing in defensive tackle star Latulale back might make things different. And I agree that Latulale is going to have a good impact. I talked about this last week. I think I talked about it again later in this episode. But there's no question Latulale will have a positive impact on Edmonds. But is it enough to catapult him into elite category? I doubt it. And a part of me thinks that maybe we don't want him to get defensive player of the year. Because if he does... He's going to want a ton of money, and he's going to want a massive extension. And I'm not convinced the Bills are going to have the money to do that. I would rather him just play really good, consistent football. He doesn't need to be the best defensive player in the league. The Bills have an elite offense. They just need a middle linebacker that is good and that can run the defense. And I expect him to be very good. He hasn't been that, but he doesn't need to be great. That's my point. Final thing I want to talk about today, and that's the main topic for today's episode, is Zach Ertz. I waited as long as I possibly could to record this because, of course, our episodes come out Friday morning, so I'm recording this Thursday night. There has not been news yet of the Bills landing Zach Ertz, but there has been a ton of news that they are the top team to land him, and with good reason. The Bills should get Zach Ertz. It makes perfect sense for the Bills. I talk about this later in the episode, and Robin doesn't necessarily have the exact opinion that I do. But Zach Ertz will change this offense. This offense is already really, really good. It's an elite offense. But if they get Zach Ertz, they will be the best offense in the NFL. They will be the offense to beat. You add a guy like Zacherts, I know that he catches a lot of his targets in the wide position or in the wide receiver position. I know that he doesn't actually play in the tight end slot a lot. But he's big and he's really talented and he's really reliable. He's a tight end that the Bills have not had in a very long time. And he is a player that could help Josh Allen a lot. It finally completes Josh Allen's passing attack. He's got everything else he needs. He's just missing that one final piece at tight end. 
And I think Zach Ertz is that. I want to just break down his contract for a moment. Because some of you might be wondering, oh, how are they going to afford him? Well, good news, bad news. They can definitely afford him. With the restructure they did with Stefan Diggs, they have the money. They have roughly $11 million, And Ertz would cost them about $8.5 million. And Ertz was supposed to have two more years on his contract, but it got restructured. So I think this is kind of his final year. There's an out here. So there's even an opportunity that the Bills could play around and restructure his deal and even save some money. Because if Ertz wants to go to a winning program, there's a good chance he may have to take a bit of a pay cut. So I could still see that happening where the Bills trade for him. He comes to Buffalo, the Bills work a little restructure with him, or maybe they give him another year on his contract and restructure so his average is a little lower per year. I think that that's actually realistic because he's only 31 years old. He definitely has at least a few more years of quality play, and I think that the Bills would probably want him for more than a year. I don't think the Bills just want him to be a one-year deal. I think they would like to have him for at least two years. And the Bills tend to do that. They give players two or three year deals with an out usually in the second year. So I could definitely see that happening where the Bills maybe extend him two years, reduce his AAV every year, but they have an out after like next season or after this season even. Point is, it would make perfect sense. Zach Ertz is a tight end who's a little bit undervalued right now because he didn't have a good season with the Eagles. The Eagles were crap, but he would come to a Bills offense that is ready to take the next step. Josh Allen is ready to take another step forward. He was practically one of the, if not the best quarterback in the league, and there's no doubt in my mind that he can get better. And if you add a player like Zach Ertz, it can only help Josh Allen. So I think it would make perfect sense to bring him in. I don't think it's a massive cost. It's not a huge risk. I don't think the Bills will actually have to give up a whole lot either. I get we don't want to sacrifice the entire future. But the Bills kind of have to be in win-now mode. They didn't draft in win-now mode, but I'm hoping they're going to add Ertz from free agency or I guess more so a trade. We'll call it outside of the draft. I want them to be win-now mode. And to be in a win-now mode, you have to go get players that can help you win right now. And Ertz is a player that can help the Bills win right now and take on a team head-to-head like the Kansas City Chiefs because you better believe that's who they're probably going to have to face and go through. Or it's going to be the Baltimore Ravens or whoever else. The point being is you add a guy of his caliber and your offense catapults. Josh Allen's stats probably dramatically increase. And it's not going to cost the team a lot. There's got to be a good reason why they've cleared this space with Diggs. And maybe they're looking at some other people. But I just really, really, really think the Bills need to go for a tight end. I don't like Dawson Knox. I think Jacob Hollister could be a nice addition, but he's still not enough to be a starting tight end. He could be a 1A, 1B, and if Ertz comes, maybe Hollister plays with him. Hollister takes on that blocking role. Dawson Knox becomes the third tight end. Some of you might think that's crazy. Some of you might be upset, but I really just don't see Dawson Knox as a starting tight end in the NFL. I know it can take time to develop, 
but the Bills just don't have the time anymore. We know the Bills have the best chance to win when Josh Allen is still on his rookie deal. We know the Bills have the best chance to win when Tremaine Edmonds is on his rookie deal. When they still when they have Stefan Diggs, who's not being paid a whole lot of money for being the best receiver in the NFL. Yes, he is the best receiver in the NFL. And he is not being paid like the best receiver in the NFL. And that's a good thing. You have to have some cap-friendly deals. But now is the time. And I think you got to go and get a guy like Zach Ertz. All right, so that's going to do it for this part of the episode. Now we're going to take a quick break. And when we get right back, we're going to be talking with Robin Mundy. And we're going to cover stuff about Zach Ertz as well. And you're going to get her opinion and her take on it. So, thanks for listening, and we'll be back in just a moment. Thanks. It's the gift-giving season, and now there's a great card game that gives you action on any televised football game you watch. Just add your family, friends, and fun, and you have The Drive. Playthedrive.com. If you miss The Drive, you miss the party. Playthedrive.com. Hey, Bills Mafia. This has been a crazy year with a lot of changes. Good changes, like the Patriots not sitting at the top of the AFC East. But this year has certainly brought some challenges and has made it harder for us all to connect with our fellow sports fans. If you are a big sports fan like me, then you need to join this new sports fan community called Playing the Field. Playing the Field has developed a dating and community app centered around our sports fan lifestyle. It is a great sports-focused interface from their profile trading cards in your favorite team's colors down to their bubblegum in-app currency. The best part is that right now, while they're still in beta, it is 100% free to join. And you also get extra in-app bubblegum that you can trade in when their premium features get added in a few months. Go to playthefielddating.com and sign up now to buddy up, recruit teammates, or find your MVP. Also, be sure to check out their podcast, The Fan Experience, where they interview sports fans just like you and me and let them share their fan experiences. The Fan Experience is live Tuesdays and Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Or you can catch the replays on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can't have a team without a mate. Go and find one now at playthefielddating.com. Welcome back to the Herd Intent Podcast. As we mentioned earlier on this show, we have Robin Mundy with us. She's been with us before, so it's great to have her on again. She's a great guest, super casual. Robin, you're such a big Bills fan. How excited are you for the upcoming season? I've written a couple of articles. I write for Trainwreck Sports and also, obviously, for the Buffalo fan base blog, but um, I'm talking about this a lot and I, I'm doing it for a reason because I think the window of opportunity for this team to win a championship this year is wide open. It's wide open this year. It's 
there for the taking if we get lucky and you know as far as injuries and that sort of thing goes um this is our year to you know stake our claim for sure i mean it's also comes really into that situation with the quarterback because Mm -hmm. as we know outside of tom brady a lot of the time nfl teams win when they have their quarterback on their rookie contract as soon as that quarterback gets his big contract, it's very difficult to build a good and consistent team around him. That's my first question for you because we have Josh Allen. Of course, it looks like he's going to be the franchise quarterback for hopefully a very long time. Now, at this point in time, he's not received his contract extension, but I would imagine it's probably going to come this offseason, maybe next offseason, I wanted to get your take on it and when the Bills should look to land him because we know that it's going to happen. I just think it's a question of when. You're absolutely right in terms of timing is everything. You know, this it's a tough year to answer the question um, without considering the fact that we've had this hit to the cap you know, that we've had to deal with. Um, I think we would have been in much better shape last year if, you know, we didn't have the pandemic hit and, and the salary cap go down. Um, so that that kind of changes the dynamics of all of this, I think, to some extent. I think the urgency is there. I probably don't see it quite the same way in terms of, oh, it's got to happen during this off season. The, the idea of doing so I believe would be for if you can talk him into it or his agent um, signing an extension now where you lock down a price, we all know what the, what the salary cap is hopefully going to do because of the new television contract coming in next year, I believe it is. And so the cap probably is going to go up how much I wouldn't have a clue. I'm, I'm not a capologist like, I think Greg from cover one does, you know, number crunching, like unbelievable in that regard. But my instinct is that of course the bills would like to get it done sooner than later. I really do believe Josh Allen when he says, you know, that's not the highest priority on his mind because maybe he is thinking, you know, why should I be in any kind of a hurry? Because if the salary cap does get bumped up, you know, I can ask for more which is another reason why I would love to see more contracts structured based on percentage of the salary cap rather than a hard and fast number. Yeah, I like that. I think that that really is where this urgency should come from. It's because you can get him at hopefully a much more reasonable price if you go and land him now versus Mm -hmm. waiting until next season. I think that, yeah, in in a normal circumstance, I think you would just wait till next season. Why not let him prove it another time? Why not? You have him for another year. There's no reason not to. They've already, um, you know, used his fifth-year option. So there's no issue there. Right. But if you could get him in the long term now with this very small salary cap this season, maybe you could convince him to take a little bit less than probably what he's worth and probably what he's going to get if he waits another year or even two more years, because that is possible if they 
just continue to keep him on that fifth year option and they don't sign him before that or after them. But I, I would think the most likely scenario is he gets signed this season, this off season or next off season. And I think it would save them some money to sign him now. The next player, the Bills also need to consider maybe giving a long-term extension to is Tremaine Edmonds. I'm curious to know what you think of him and if you think he's even deserving of that at this point in time. I do. I think, I think he's deserving of a long-term contract. The question is at what price? The difference with Tremaine is his trajectory has been kind of up and down and a little bit inconsistent. Whereas Josh came in and we knew he was raw. He never should have had to play his rookie year, but he did. And he developed in spite of being thrown to the wolves. Tremaine has been, he's a guy, it seems like he, he has a harder time coming out of the gate early in the season being totally on track. I'd like to see that from him this year you know, where he comes out and he's got it all put together right from the get-go before we give him a huge contract. I like him. I think he's the right guy. I think he has the right personality. I think it would be great if we could see a little bit more consistency in his play from game to game, and especially in the beginning part of the season. It seems to take him a while to, to warm up. So while I'm in favor of him getting a long-term contract at what price? Again, I think it's obvious it would be better for us to get him signed before there's a big bump in the salary cap. And maybe you could use some of his rather inconsistent statistics to um, keep the price more reasonable, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I sure hope he's going to be what what you're talking about. And you really nailed it there because there has been those inconsistencies. And that's why... There's even a question here of, do you sign him and for how much? Because at this point in time, he hasn't really proven that he can be a true middle linebacker game in, game out. You talk about it. It takes him a little too long every season to get comfortable, really. And it's odd because every year you would expect there to be that development. I'm not convinced that we've seen enough development at this point in time. But I also understand when you look at the potential that he brings and the fact that he's still so young, I believe he's actually the same age or younger than some of the guys the Bills drafted this season. So he's still super young. He's got a long way to go still. And it's, it's unfortunate that he hasn't necessarily showed everything but maybe that's also a good thing because the Bills can keep him on a more reasonable deal. I mean, I don't see him getting the kind of money Matt Milano got. Even though he's a middle linebacker, he's not done anything near that level. Now, I think a lot of our listeners are going to be maybe a little ticked off with my comments here, but outside of him making the Pro Bowl, which I really don't think we should place so much priority on, great, he's made the Pro Bowl a few times, But really, when you look at him, when you actually watch the guy play, he just hasn't been consistent enough. And that's that's really what I take from what you said is there's a consistency issue and we need to see him prove that he can play an entire season and really take control of the defense because that's what he's supposed to do at this point. And we haven't necessarily completely seen that 
for one whole season. I think we've seen flashes of brilliance from him, but I don't think we've seen enough consistency. And that's where you leave some negotiation room, right? Right. And the other thing I would add to that in terms of Tremaine Edmonds' evaluation as a whole, I think that Tremaine suffered a lot more from the loss of star Lutulule than a lot of people realize. If you bring star back into the equation, and by the way, if you've been on Twitter at all today, there's a little clip of star. Um, he's training where, wherever he's training, but he looked really good. He looked lighter to me and looked like he was moving his feet pretty well. So I think one of the big beneficiaries of star's return will be, well, Tremaine is one. The other guy who's going to benefit is Ed Oliver. And having star back, I think will help Tremaine become more consistent. But again, I think I'd like to see him come out in September playing like his hair is on fire and not missing tackles and not being in the wrong place at the wrong time and and that sort of thing. I love that take. Play with his hair on fire because that's what we need to see from him. We need to see some of that excitement, some of that youth. We need Edmonds to use his big body and start bruising some guys. That's what we need to see. We need to see him free. I don't want to see him as very contained because that's how he's been at least a little bit last season, especially when he came back after a shoulder injury. He just didn't look quite as loose. He didn't look as happy as he normally looks. And I'm hoping that that's going to change this season. I like that you bring up Star Latule. I was watching that earlier today. It's interesting, right? Because he hasn't, he hasn't showed up to Bill's training camp yet. And I think there was some surprise there just because he wasn't there last year. He opted out. No one's heard from him for a year. And then we see this video. And you're right. He looks fresh. I think mm-hmm. this year off might make a huge difference for a guy yep. like Latule, who did not look good with the Bills previously. He looked a little slow. He looked a little out of shape. And I think that this might be a different Latulule. And yep. I do agree. It's going to change things for the linebacking core. And I talked about this last week. The defensive line... Although a lot of people don't want to place priority, I argue with my oldest brother about this all the time. Yes, it's not the flashiest position, particularly defensive tackle. But if it's a good player there and it's solid and you're getting really solid production, you can actually change the linebacking core. A defensive tackle can change everything that happens behind the defensive line. It's not just about the fancy edge rushers getting to the quarterback. There's something to be said about clogging up the middle because it's putting too much pressure on a guy like Edmonds. And I said this last season, I think Edmonds may be a little bogged down with pressure given how young and inexperienced he is. Having a guy like Latulale back might make a much bigger difference than I think a lot of people expect because... Latulale has not looked good. And I think a lot of people were unhappy with the signing, but I agree with you. I think he could make a much, much bigger difference and it might change Ed Oliver too, right? Yes, absolutely. Ed Oliver was playing out of position, in my opinion, a lot last year because he's not big enough to be a one technique. And I know people talk about Harrison Phillips and I have a lot of hope for Harrison. I love him. I think he's a great guy. He's a terrific teammate. 
I think he he's he could be the answer too if he can make a recovery. You know, when he had his knee operation, a lot of people forget the fact that he actually had two knee operations because they took one of his ligaments out of one knee to put in the other. And coming back from having surgery on two knees at the same time is different. And it took him a while. And you could see that in the first half of last year, he was struggling. And now I think we're gonna feel, you know, we're gonna see him play with a lot more confidence. And that's the other thing that I would add to your comments, which are excellent about Tremaine Edmonds is I would like to see him play with more confidence. He plays tentatively. And I think that's what happens a lot in the beginning of the season when he's not quite sure what's going on. And if he can, if he can break through that and play with more confidence, then I think you're going to see the consistency that we have not seen to this point in his game. Yeah, I think uh, you put it perfectly there. And that's really something we got to just hope. I think you, you really hope that having some good veterans in there, you know, maybe Matt Milano now settled into his role with quite a few years to go. He can really help develop Tremaine Edmonds because we need to see that next step. I personally need to see that next step before I would want to give out a big contract to Tremaine Edmonds. We know Josh Allen, of course, has done it. So it's going to be interesting to see if Edmonds can take that next step. Now, jumping to the offensive side of the ball, the Bills did something interesting, and I wouldn't say surprising. I think we all knew that there was going to be some restructures. We knew the Bills needed to come up with some more cap room, and they did it with Stefan Diggs' contract. They've now made up. 7.8 million more in cap space. So the bills now sit at roughly $11 million in cap space. That to me tells me something. It tells me more than just the bills need to fill a few more roster spots. It tells me that they're still looking to bring in a big name. And I think that big name could be Zach Ertz. Do you think that that's possible? Is it possible the Bills feel that the tight end position is still not enough, that they're not confident in what we have as of this moment? Quite possibly that is the case. And I'm everybody on Twitter that follows me at Robin Mundy Wyo probably is rolling their eyes when they hear me say this, but I've been banging, you know, like crazy to, to get us, a a defensive tackle, a one technique, because I wasn't sure about star after seeing him today, we still need to have a backup. I think in his position um, who can come in and and anchor that defensive line. And I will readily admit I'm a person who I love the guys up front. I'm like, you know, you mentioned this earlier in terms of um, prioritizing you have, to ha- you have to be strong on both sides of the ball up front. You absolutely do. You can get away with lesser talent in some of the skilled positions if you have really good offensive and defensive lines. I think one thing some people may be underestimating is Jay Collister because Jay Collister played with Josh Allen and I saw him play at Wyoming and in Josh's, I think it was his third year, I believe. And that would have been, um, that would have been, that would have been the third 
four season um, for the tight end. So in that sense, if you have Zach Ertz, you've got assurances at that position. And have, we've always been lousy at tight end in terms of having elite talent. The Bills, you, know, you have to go back to like Ernie Warlick, you know, to have an elite all-star um, tight end on the Bills. Yes, there was Jay Remersma. There, you know, we've had Scott Chandler. We've had a lot of really um, solid tight ends, but we've never really had an elite tight end. And I'm not sure if you would consider Zach Ertz, a, you know, an elite tight end. But Jay Collister showed some stuff when he played for Seattle that I think is going under the radar a bit. And he's got chemistry with Josh Allen. So I'm probably not as um, zealous, if you will, about having Zach Ertz, although I think it would be a wonderful thing. Um, I would love to have another guy like maybe Steve Nelson, you know, on, on the other side in the back in the defensive backfield. I don't know what the plan is, but you're absolutely right. They're not freeing up all that money to just sit there. They're going to make a move. That's an interesting take. And, and I like that because you obviously have background. You've seen Jay Collister for people who don't know, She's in Wyoming. She followed Josh Allen's career while he was in college. So she's got that kind of background. And Robin, it's interesting because it's true. Jay Collister, he's, he's not a bad tight end. Now, mm -hmm. is he a true one, you know, starting tight end? Is he a 1A? Maybe, maybe not. I, I think he's maybe could be a 1B. The mm -hmm. question is, is Dawson Knox a 1A? I am not a big Dawson Knox fan. I really don't believe in him. I haven't believed in him since the beginning. I honestly thought Tyler Croft was going to be our starting tight end last season. Now that didn't happen. He was plagued with injuries, whatnot. But when we look at the Bills tight end room right now, and we look at the Bills tight end room in general in the last, we'll call it 10 to 15 years, there has never been an elite tight end. And I agree with you. I don't think Zach Ertz is elite. But he is a top-level talent. He's definitely a very, very good tight end. And I think he could bring something unique. The question is, is that more important than bringing in a great defensive end or a great cornerback? We know the Bills need a cornerback as well. So mm -hmm. there's a few spots the Bills still haven't really figured out. And I'm just not sure which one is the right one to solve. I know that the Bills offense is pretty much good to go outside of the Titan position. That's why I lean towards a guy like Zach Ertz, because I'm thinking you sign Zach Ertz, your offense now to me is the best offense in the NFL mm -hmm. without Zach Ertz. We're one of the best. And to me, looking at the way our team is built, looking how close, but also how far away we are from being a team like the chiefs, I feel like Zach Ertz could take us over the hump. But then again, I'm also basing that on the fact that I'm hoping we see something from Greg Rousseau this year. Enough from him that we don't need to get another defensive end, that we don't need to spend more money on the defensive end, that we need to just let these guys develop. But of course, we don't really know what's going to happen. We know the Bills have been trying to get Zach Ertz. There was talk a long time ago before the draft. But I just think it's interesting that the Bills cleared up this space. 
because they're clearly preparing for something big. And mm-hmm. I think whatever it is, I do trust Bill's management. I think with Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott being on the same page as at least they have been for the last few years, I trust that whatever they do is probably going to work out. And I, I don't know if you feel the same or not. Oh, absolutely. 100% um, from day one. And you could, I mean, you could see, and I've kind of pointed this out as well in some of, in some of the articles I've written, you can see the difference in what good management does in the front office, because it's not just a matter of drafting well, they're managing the cap well. You know, Bean has got a plan in place. He's already thinking about, okay, what are we gonna do three years from now when we have to pay so-and-so? He, you know, he's got long-term goals set in place. He's got short-term goals set in place. He knows how to allocate resources appropriately. He has a terrific, terrific scouting staff and system in place for sustained success. And Sean McDermott, I can't say enough about him. From day one, he totally bowled me over because I truly believe in the same philosophy he does in terms of placing a tremendous importance on character, intangible things that you can't necessarily measure at the combine. You know, how much heart a player has, how much humility a player has. Their personalities do matter. And McDermott and Bean seem to be on the same page, which also helps in terms of what kind of player they're looking for. And you see this now with what we're looking at. We can't tell what this year's draft is going to be. You know, Rousseau may be good in his, in his first year. He may not be. I think he's going to be great. Whether it happens this year or next year, I don't know. But it doesn't hurt to have Bruce Smith mentoring you. <laughs> Very true. The way this team is built, the way they look at these players, they don't just look at the stats. They don't just look at what the guys accomplish. They really talk to them. And I've listened to some of the pressers with, with some of the different players that have been drafted over the last few years. And they've said time and time again that Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean ask them the most unique and personal questions because they want to understand these guys outside of football. And I like that you bring this up. I'll make this last point. I don't want to step too far away from the bills, but, and then I'll wrap this up, but I'm a huge Toronto Maple Leafs fan. I'm actually from Toronto and the Leafs just got destroyed by the Montreal Canadians. And it happened because of the heart of the players. The players didn't have the type of attitude that you need to win in a clutch moment. And I think that that blends perfectly with what you brought up there because you look at the Bills, you look at these players, the heart and the effort that they put in. The Bills may have not made it to the Super Bowl. They may have not won the Super Bowl, but they played their butts off. Every single moment of every game throughout the season. I have never questioned the effort from players. Never. And we've heard from Sean McDermott before. He will get his players ready for every single game. They will never show up disorganized. They will never show up with a lack of effort. They will lose games. And they may not be the best team in the league, but they are going to play hard. 
And if they win, it's going to be because they played hard. And if they lose, it's because they played hard, but it just wasn't quite enough in that game or they made a couple mistakes. You don't see the Bills losing because of a lack of effort. And that's something you don't see in the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I think it's exactly for the reasons that you brought up. It's Sean McDermott and it's Brandon Bean. It's that process and the system that they have in place that takes this franchise to the next level. It's the reason that we're now a perennial playoff team. It's the reason that players want to stay and are willing to sign for less money just to play in Buffalo. The number of years that we saw players just leave because they wanted nothing to do with Buffalo. I realize now it wasn't the city of Buffalo that was the issue. It wasn't the fact that Buffalo is a small city. It was because of the management. It was because the organization was sloppy. Am I right? Absolutely right on. And I I have to, I'm chuckling as you say this because I watched the Montreal game last night and against Toronto. And in fact, I'm probably going to, I may write an article for Trainwreck Sports about it because it left such an impression in my brain watching Austin Matthews press conference afterwards with his cap on, covering his eyes. And you could see that, that he was, not wanting to deal with the media. And it's, you know, you could go on for an hour about how the Sabres have the same issue in terms of their culture and their locker room and and so on. And you can see what a difference it makes when you have the right management team in place. You just see such a difference. And it's almost like the day that Sean McDermott came in, the light switch went on in the front office and eventually, and I think it was Tim Graham that once mentioned this on on a podcast, it was like the entire administrative offices for the Buffalo Bills, just they opened up the windows and just let all the fresh air come in. It's so true. It's such a different organization now with this new management. And I hope that Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott don't go anywhere. I want another extension for each of them when this is done. No matter what happens, look, you want to win a Super Bowl. That's always the goal. You want the championship. What do they call it now? Championship caliber. (laughs) But I also just want a really good organization that's built properly. And if you don't win it all and you're just not good enough, that's okay. I want to win, but I don't want a team that just blows things up when it doesn't work or that just gives up. Whether the Buffalo Bills become a Super Bowl winner or not, They are a very good team right now and they are a very good franchise and they're a fun franchise to actually watch. So Robin, I just want to thank you so much for coming on. It's so fun talking to you. You have such a great outlook on all this stuff. And if anyone wants to check her stuff out, she writes for a few different places. Just go to Twitter, check out her Twitter. She's constantly putting stuff out there. Go to her Twitter, Robin Mundy, W-Y-O. Robin, thank you so much for coming on. So great to have this chat. We will definitely have you on again. We got a lot of good Bills content coming up, I think, over the next couple months. We're finally going to see some football, and it's only a few months away. So, Robin, thank you so much for coming on, and go Bills. Thank you for inviting me.